welcome to AOJ Cast, a podcast featuring conversations and performances at the intersection of art, inspiration, and justice. I'm your host, Martha Ames Sanders. On this episode, part two of our conversation with Yanni Davis. Yanni is a pastor, activist, and hip-hop artist, and she spoke with me from her home in California. I think there's a tendency to look down upon hip-hop or upon the performing arts in general as not as intellectual mm-hmm. or not as academic as mm-hmm. a book. And a sermon is even kind of a step below the book, but it's a step above hip hop in certain circles. Well, how would you respond to that kind of delineation? Oh yeah. So what I do, uh, uh, and I, I've coined the phrase it's, it's holy hip hop hermeneutics. So, uh, what, <laughs> what I've been able to to at least pull together in my own mind and, and some of my professors were like oh yes this is doctoral worthy you know if you ever wow. want to go that route is basically looking at the power of words and if we trace it back to Africa mm. if we think about uh the griots if we think about uh, the storytellers if we think about the truth tellers that were in the community they use whatever they had to communicate and express these lessons to people yeah. these oral traditions were so important um even today, we have 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 uh, stories and myths and and traditions that come out of these oral traditions that trace back hundreds uh, of years to Africa. Mm. Um, and so modern day, how I interpret that is people need oral history. They need these stories. They need these words that I'm sharing. They need this justice element that's coming through in terms of these words. So Mm. when I uh, preach a sermon, I will add hip hop. I will start with hip hop. I will bring Tupac into the conversation. I'll bring Lauryn Hill into the conversation. You know, I'll bring, you know, one of these modern rappers, the baby into the conversation, Drake uh, into into the conversation because words have power. God's plan. Words have power. Uh, Words are healing. And no matter how you put them, they will speak to people and bring them new life. So if it's a paper I'm writing, if it's some high Christological thing I'm thinking through, if it's uh, liberation theology, you know, if it's womanist uh, and and feminist theology I'm thinking about, um, for me, Hip hop is right up there uh, in terms of how we can dissect and deconstruct. And uh, I studied literature at Spelman. Mm. So uh, the, the, the power of words and the truth of words and the essence of words was really brought forth there. And mm. the validation even that maybe some people may not see in these different art forms, I found them. I found them. I found them. It, it reminds me, I tw- it's been 25 years probably since I read this. There's been a shift in culture away from the written word into the image. Yes. And so just as things like the printing press in Western Europe c- tremendously shaped European identity around literacy and illiteracy, Now we're moving into a space in which the visual arts are taking 
more and more predominance. And to me, what that signifies is very similar to what you're talking about. Even though you're talking about word, I think what it signifies is a cultural shift away from the assumptions about what holds power and what holds meaning. And that that ground is very much shifting and it's not landing anywhere yet. It's still in flux. And it's a reminder for me also how sacredness, I love what you said, a, a holy hip hop hermeneutic. Yes. That yeah. holiness is embedded in an incredible array of media and not just Christian media. Yes. That it's that sacredness, that divinity, that, that, that goodness is found not just in this little box of whether it's Christian bookstores or seminary uh, anointed professors. It's a much bigger space because it's God's space, right? Yep. Um, for, for a little while, and maybe I still carry this with me, but on my cards, you know, I kind of put, uh, helping you find God in the art. And so there's something about that, that uprising, um, from spirit, uh, from infinite intelligence, from infinite creativity that is true, no matter the vehicle that mm. is impact makes an impact. Yeah. No matter uh, how our minds or how we've socially constructed mm -hmm. uh, different elements of the arts, of the word, of spirituality, of religion. You know, we mm -hmm. kind of put everything in these categories. But when we recognize uh, the, the spirit that's in all of it, transformation is found there. You yeah. know, renewal is found there. Rebirth is found there. Recreation is found there. And so, you know, in our in our finite minds, we we label it, we we critique it, we put it in a category. But in my mind, the 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 essence and the truth of of liberty and freedom is in all of these different different vehicles, however we look at it. And I think now, um, even as you speak about how we've gone from word to um, to to image. visual to image to I think that that's what it takes for people to tap into healing it has to yeah. be experiential yeah. it has to be all-encompassing it has to speak to the soul of a person and when we use all of these artistic vehicles and elements uh, we we can create experiences for people and take them higher in in their consciousness higher in their self-love higher in their you know communal understanding so it's fleshiness it's incarnation it's embodiment it's it's the messy beautiful nature of christianity and and what we say about god yep and and this sinking in i think um as we're moving from strictly uh, Eurocentric understandings of religion into uh, more Eastern, more Black, more Indigenous, more POC, uh, allowing more of that, that uh, in our Christian experience and our Christian identity. Um, I think we're tapping into that embodiment that you're mm -hmm. speaking of, where we're not just up in the head and, and philosophy and, and um, yeah. Inter deep interpretation but we're taking it from the headspace to the heart space you know and from the heart space to to the body mm -hmm. <laughs> and so when we incorporate all of that um it's it's it speaks to the power of us all coming together it speaks to the power of 
Ubuntu, you know, I am because Because we we are. are. And so there's nothing missing. There's nothing lacking when we all come together. Yeah. It makes me think about what we were talking about earlier about, or what you were talking about earlier about first African and about rise that, that incarnation can be cultural, Mm -hmm. right? That, that, that what both uh, Dr. Lomax and Dr. Handy represent in the churches that they've founded is this very clear articulation and embodiment of what an incarnationally, culturally Afrocentric church looks like and feels like and is. And that to me says more about incarnation than yeah, I'll, I won't throw any theologians under the bus, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, and, and they do it unapologetically. Yeah, yeah. Right? So sometimes people can be, as you mentioned earlier, you know, folks can start these churches and have these ideas around what they should or what they desire for it to yeah. look like, but don't commit to the work of, of manifesting that, you know? And so yeah. doing doing the work um, of speaking to your people unapologetically, there's so much power in that. Yeah. Not everybody does that excellently. You just recently ah. posted on Facebook your song, Yo. a video of your song from Yo. about five years back, Thumbs Up. Yes. And it was so cool to get to see that again. Tell us about that song in particular. There's something about that song that really grabs me. I would love to hear you talk about the creation of that and what you were aiming for. Sophisticated synonyms, they all mean the same thing. I'm walking around married to that game, no wedding ring. Cause the pursuit of my nappiness is bringing me happiness. Found my grandma's kinks in the sink and it linked to exactly this. I was raised as a conservative, I busted through the wall. Made in China, just a reminder, ain't no jobs here for y'all. They'd rather pay 12 cents over my 1255. So I rake pennies from the corporation trying to stay alive. Hmm, something about the space that I was in during that time was I was just looking at all of the injustice in the world. I was looking at all of the black lives being lost. I was looking at some of these rules and expectations that were being put on on black folks, Um, thinking about respectability politics, um, thinking about uh, poverty, (laughs) thinking about the uh, disadvantages that that people experience, uh, thinking about even race as a construct. Well, and these are all <laughs> things that are coming up again for us in very stark relief because of COVID-19 and the rates of death of Black folk compared to the rest of society. Absolutely. So that's why it hit me. I'm like, this is so appropriate. Five years later, you know, some some folks, you know, refer to me as a prophet. You know, they say the mm. preacher, prophet, poet sometimes people label me as and so I appreciate that I have this ability to just dig deep and feel deeply into the hurt of the world and even my own frustrations and be able to uh, put these words together in an artistic way where people uh, are drawn to them Mm. right and so just the gifting of of words is powerful Mm. because it it's not just healing me, it's healing others, mm. right? As, as I'm able to say, okay, so, so maybe I won't directly say, hey, uh, you're racist and you need to do some work around that. People can sit with my truth. People can sit with my reality. People can hear these words and process them in their own way, in their own heart, in their own mind, mm-hmm. and that produce transformation, yeah. right? So <laughs> it's, it's, it's almost um, 
it seeps into people's consciousness and reality mm-hmm. without um, an, an, an overt or aggressive sort of attack yeah. to who a person is or, or how our world is showing up. Yeah. There's power in repetition. Uh, there's power in rhythm. Uh, there's power in melodies. And there's power in image. Imi- an image, right? Yeah. So we, we put a music video mm-hmm. out for it as well. You know, with Africa in the background, with red painted hands and yellow painted hands and black painted hands as symbolism of us coming together, as symbolism of our global reality, um, as a symbol of we are not alone hmm. and we will not make it out of this thing if we don't come together. Yeah. Thumbs up. And and it's it's my way of speaking to, you know, the, the, the messed up places and spaces and even people in the world. It's like cool, shoot me that middle finger and here's what I got for you. Thumbs up. <laughs> Thumbs I love it. I love it. Yanni Davis on AIJCast. We'll be back to more of our conversation in just a moment, but first, a quick word. In the midst of COVID-19, we are doing our best to keep our links with our artists up to date. Many of them have had to cancel in-person performances and have found a way to continue doing those by streaming online via Facebook and Instagram and other platforms. Churches too have moved to online and virtual worship services. We will do our best to keep all of those links up to date. In the meantime, I do encourage you to visit our shop on our website where you can support our artists by purchasing their work. I also have a couple of preaching dates coming up on July 19th and August 2nd. Those will likely be online, but are still to be determined. Keep an eye on our calendar for more information. You can find out all of these things and more by visiting our website, AIJCast.com. And now back to more of our conversation with Yanni Davis. Let's talk about Peace People's Movement. Yes. Tell me about its genesis. Yeah. What led to, what inspired you? Yeah. So... Once I realized, you know, that I had a bit of a following in Atlanta, that people were kind of taken to, you know, just my speaking out and my performing and my just showing up in different um, healing and and justice-oriented spaces, I um, I said, "What can I? What can I do with this? How can I bring people together?" Hmm. Uh, in some new and transformed ways. So when I was in Atlanta, I actually um, did some community organizing around uh, urban farming, um, some work around, of course, healing and and bringing folks together in spaces to to explore healing, Mm -hmm. bringing folks together um, in terms of the shows uh, that I was producing uh, and putting on series of events, the the Five On It concert series, the Rock Out series, the, um, I don't even know the the other ones, the the labels that I gave them, but (laughs) basically bringing uh, folks together in all these different ways, bringing folks together in church, you know, like just doing that work of galvanizing the people. And I was like, oh, this, this is something, this isn't, this is a movement. Mm. And then as I continue to travel around the world, I'm collecting folks, you know, in, in, in Prague, collecting folks in London, collecting folks. uh, My mom is from Bermuda, Mm. um, collecting folks in India. And so it just evolved to where people were like, oh yeah, we're listening. We'll sign on. We'll show up, you know. And so it was it it just <laughs> continued to evolve on its own. And I was like, 
we're the peace people. Mm. I ran a campaign called uh, Peace for President around mm -hmm. uh, the time of Obama's uh, original election mm -hmm. just to get people thinking about what would it mean if this concept of peace were for president mm -hmm. so people you know purchase shirts and people in different parts of the country would see each other and be like oh peace person like they would see each other in the shirts and be like okay I have a friend now I have someone I can hang with at this event um and so that's what it was about. It was all about unity. It was all about what are you doing in your part of the world? What does it look like if peace were for president? You know, what does it look like if peace truly prevailed in the land? And getting people to get in a space of imagination, you know, a space of creation within themselves and then being able to broadcast that to the world. So mm. um, from there, uh, one of my uh, scholar friends um started calling me uh, the peace president because I crafted this whole campaign and that stuck. So I just keep walking in, in, in what God is telling me to do, what spirit is revealing to me. I have my ancestors behind me. You know, mm. I got Jesus as my example. And so mm. it just keeps evolving and, and getting taken to the next level. So, yeah. Well, and let's let's shift gears a little bit. Talk about supernatural life. This comes out of a pretty traumatic, terrifying thing that you went through a little over a year ago, where you were in need of a kidney transplant. Yes. Where do I start with that? So I um, had started my uh, seminary experience uh, down in L.A. area, so in Claremont. I got accepted to Claremont and started on that road. So it was a hybrid program online and in person. Six months, uh, well, maybe not six months, a couple months in, ESPN gives me a call and is like, we would love to have you as the principal actor in this PSA we're doing for women's, uh, women's empowerment and Women's History Month. And you would, you would be the perfect fit for this role. And mm. we looked you up. We found you. Are you in ATL? And I was like, no, I'm in L.A. They were like, no problem. So they flew me out to Atlanta uh, in December of 2016 to film this commercial. Uh, first couple of days, everything is going well. Luckily, I recorded my voiceover. Third day comes around. It's time for me to, you know, it's, it's time for me to be on film and be in the face of the camera. As I'm running up uh, Peachtree Street, I collapse. Hmm. I fall out. I'm shaking. Uh, I'm vomiting. Can't get warm. And uh, thankfully, my brother was still living in Atlanta. He scoops me up from, from the site and takes me to the hospital. So doctors give me some fluids. A few hours later, I'm like, oh, I feel better, docs. You know, can I, can I go now? And their response to me was, you won't be going anywhere for quite a while. Hmm. Both of your kidneys are functioning at less than 10%. Wow. Oh, cool. That's interesting. <laughs> you know, no prior warning, really. Yeah. I mean, subtle stomach stuff, but I'm like, oh, I just need more vegetables. I need to drink more water, but nothing yeah. truly dramatic that would lend itself to both of my kidneys being gone. Right. So two years um, I sat with kidney disease um, and in-home dialysis, in-clinic dialysis, tubes all in my body, 
to stay alive, all manners of medication and hospital visits and ICU stays and sludge in my spleen. Um, it was it was it was rough, a very yeah. rough two years. And so the call went out uh, for a donor, for a donor and. My donor, uh, we had actually met at a retreat. Uh, mm. I was still while I was sick, uh, ended up being gifted the opportunity to attend a retreat. And um, my donor uh, was there. And we were both singing some El Emily King song. And I was like, oh, this person is going to be my friend. Anyway, mm. they were the only person that I connected with at the retreat, only mm. person I stayed in contact with. And uh, sometime into my challenge, they were like, hey, I'd like to see if I'm a match. Wow. And yeah, this person, I, I mean, I was literally gifted. Yeah. Uh, the opportunity to go to this retreat. I had put $200 down and I was like, I don't know how I'm coming up with a thousand dollars. I'm not working. I'm not. But the healer that put the retreat on said, I keep seeing your eyes. I keep thinking about you and mm. I want to gift you the opportunity to come to this retreat. Anyway, mm. that lady saved my life wow. by inviting me to the retreat, meeting my donor, staying connected with my donor, being friends with her. And, uh, Yep, but a year and a half later, she saved my life. And so wow. here I am today, you know, restored, functioning at about 95% yeah. uh, on a regular. And one night uh, on dialysis, uh, a song came to me called My Supernatural Life, talking about my healing, talking about my journey, talking about my process. Another night, God was like, oh, no, this is bigger than just a song. Mm. This is going to be an album. This is going to be a book. Uh, 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 this is going to be a nonprofit because you need to take all of what you've learned and all of what you've been through and all of what you've uh, overcome and share that information, share that knowledge and share that hope with other people. So we're all about uh, community care and compassion, hmm. um, basically bringing holistic and communal care to folks living with chronic conditions. And I use conditions versus illnesses, yeah. chronic conditions of the body and the mind, my supernatural life. And you have really found a way to use this whole experience of, condition and or illness and the successful transplant and the healing uh, to be its own witness, to be its own ministry to people of the power of God in your life, but also just the possibility of what God has gifted you with. Absolutely. I mean, if we think about resurrection, you know, I wasn't sure if the physical reality of resurrection uh, was what happened in the Bible. Yeah. Was Jesus's... Was this just metaphor or was this... Right, yeah. metaphor, but still very real, very yeah. true. You know, how, how movements live on, mm -hmm. how revolutions live on. Mm. But um, there were three days where uh, I was unconscious and, mm. and non-responsive. The doctors had over-drugged me and over-medicated me. Um, in the midst of whatever I was, I was facing at that time. And, um, <laughs> resurrection is real. Wow. wow. <laughs> Rebirth is real. Renewal is real. And so shifting my, my con, well, maybe not shifting, but taking my consciousness around ascension to another level in terms of being revived in that way. Um, people need to witness it. 
people need to know that it's still happening, mm. <laughs> that mm. miracles are still being performed. Mm. Um, and that, yes, I can go from 75 pounds, edema in my feet, neuropathy mm. in my body, turning gray, mm -hmm. uh, yellow in my eyes. Um, yes, that, that, that resurrection is, it's a powerful thing. It's a real thing. You know, whether you need to be resurrected in your, your, your mind, resurrected in your body, um, resurrected in terms of, of, of reconciliation and being reconnected with loved ones, mm. you know, resurrection in terms of how we're going to move past this space now in the midst of a pandemic, yeah. you know, expecting the miracle that that's on the way that's on the brink. There's power in that, and, and people need that inspiration. They need this witness. They need to see the truth of life and mm. life more abundantly. So however I can get that to people, I'm going to do it. You want it on a slogan on a T-shirt? You want it in a book? You want it in a song? You want it in a music video? You want it in a... <laughs> I had a podcast for a little bit. <laughs> like, you're going to get it. So, yeah. yeah. Yanni, if you had a charge for people who are listening to this, whether it's something like a word of wisdom that you turn to periodically, or if it's something that's been brought up in our conversation mm -hmm. today, what would it be? Yeah. Uh, all I could talk about is goodness and grace. That's my grandmother's name, the one I never could replace. So I uh, fill in the space with the words that were written for the Buddhists, the Hindus, the Jews, Muslims, and the Christians. Atheist, agnostic lover of life. I got a message in a bottle, came to shore one night. I'm so sure of the love that I have in my heart that when I open up my mouth, know I'm doing my part. Religion is a sentiment. We try to set the precedent on how to live a good existence, but I'm just persistent. It's matter of factly. I know it's got to be all the love overflowing from inside of me. So my word is to, to be love, to show love, and just let that love reign through in everything you do. Yanni Davis, thanks for being on AIJCast. Thank you for having me. Yanni Davis on AIJCast. You can connect with her online through her website, who is Yanni, Y-A-N-I.com, mysupa, S-U-P-A, naturallife.com, and on social media at Yanni, Y-A-N-I, means peace. On our next episode, pastor and musician Alonzo Johnson. AIJCast is made possible through the support of listeners like you. These are difficult times, and if you are able to contribute even just a few bucks, we would greatly appreciate it. You can find out more at our website, AIJCast.com. Just click on the link that says support. And we are there on a multitude of platforms where our handle is AIJCast. You might want to check out our YouTube channel, where we recently posted a satirical video about virtual choirs. Our theme song is written and recorded by the band Mard Fame. Photography support comes from Ely at ELEYphoto.com. By the way, we posted a really cool narrative photo shoot and collaboration between Ely and illustrator Rachel Eleanor. Check it out on our website. And we are engineered, mixed, and produced by the president of the Yakov Smirnov fan club, Al Mudif. Al has come up with what I would call a questionable way to signal each other during our Zoom meetings. Shoot me that middle finger. And I'm your host, Martha Sanders, encouraging you to stay put and create some beauty of your own. 